Welcome to the VoxGig podcast. We talk to people in the developer community about developer relations, public speaking, and community events. For more details, visit voxgig.com slash podcast. All right, let's get started. Today, I'm speaking to a wonderful former colleague, Natalie Gray, who used to work with me in VoxGig. Now, she works as head of marketing and partnerships for Cogerance, a software consultancy in London. Natalie is an expert community builder, and we talk about her experiences building communities that are healthy and that last. And how can you tell that your community is successful? Well, if you want to find out all this and more, let's talk to Natalie. Hello, Natalie. Welcome to the Fox Gig podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great, Richard. It's, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Looking forward to and having we should uh, give a little disclaimer to our <laughs> listeners. Um, we are former colleagues. You used to work in Voxgig. That's that's absolutely right. Yeah, for uh, for a few years ago now, but um, yeah, worked together to kind of build the Voxgig um, event platform and events. So yeah, have very fond memories of working together, um, particularly our in-person events that we ran in in Dublin, of course. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, it wouldn't happened without your. Um, special expertise in running <laughs> it's interesting we, we were doing remote long before covid and all that sort of stuff we had uh we we um we had yeah absolutely. it was just kind of natural right it was it was just the way we worked yeah yeah absolutely yeah it was uh yeah that's very true it was um just you know i was i was here in the uk you were in ireland um, our CTO was over in Spain. Um, yeah, we for us it was kind of just the norm, really, wasn't it? We just got going and uh, used various tools to to help us work, and and off we went. So, yeah, sort of pivoting to remote working during COVID felt a little bit easier, I think, for us than perhaps some others. Yeah, I was kind of well. What's what's all the fuss about? Anyway, <laughs> today we are here to talk about um, community building, partnership building, all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. You have a new gig. You work for Cogerance. So why don't we start with that? Tell us. Yeah, about yeah, Cogerance. definitely. Uh, so Cogerance um, is a global software consultancy. Um, we actually are celebrating our tenth birthday in October, which is all very exciting. Um, so we um, we actually start. It's quite an interesting story, really. Our co-founders are Sandro Mancuso and Mash Badar. They are, uh, well, they kind of started their careers as software engineers um, who were very, very passionate about something called software craftsmanship, which is a kind of mindset that um, some engineers kind of got together on the back of the sort of successes that they'd been around sort of project management. So you might recall in the kind of early 2000s, there was a lot of focus around project management sort of project delivery things like scrum and lean and you know how you actually kind of deliver an, a software project successfully but they kind of a lot of engineers felt the same rigor hadn't really been applied to software engineering itself and you know making sure that you're building products at scale and um, can you can deliver frequently and, and that fit for purpose and scale at the same pace as the business so they kind of got together um, and came up with something called the software craftsmanship manifesto which is a sort of a mindset, a set of kind of best practices around building kind of well-crafted software that, um, as I say, kind of changes and adapts with the business um, processes that mean, um, you know, you have great uh, communication with the business. Um, and 
this kind of concept of apprentices. So bringing software engineers on that journey to perfect their craft of software engineering and ultimately over time kind of raising the bar of quality within the software industry. And so they got kind of together and started something called the London Software Craftsmanship Community, um, which is still going strong today. It's a monthly meetup for software engineers that care about building quality. Um, They practice um, things like test driven development, extreme programming and other sort of software engineering best practices Um, that community is now nearly 6,000 members in London um, and supported by Cogerance. Um, and then we kind of um, have sort of seeded many other software craftsmanship communities around the world as well. Um, so kind of if you fast forward all the way to today, um, we're now a sort of a global software consultancy that helps customers build um, new or modernize their sort of applications and platforms using software craftsmanship best practices. Um, so we do things like, um, yeah, building new new software, cloud native apps, um, helping them with things like DevOps, um, best practices and, and training and really kind of helping to accelerate success um, in whatever guise that may be in terms of um, driving better innovation. Um, the business itself is, is, is ultimately driven by the community because that's how you get your inbound sales leads and your credibility. Well, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the community has always been at the kind of the, the, the very heart of Cogerance. Um, we actually call our sort of software engineers, software craftspeople. So um, and they're very, very proud of that kind of badge of honor, let's say. Um, so, yeah, we 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 have we now support um, software craftsmanship communities in London, Leeds, Manchester, Newcastle we're starting this month. Um, we're about to start a new meetup in Bristol. So we're kind of, you know, very regional. Um, and then we have uh, meetups in Spain and Portugal as well. So wherever we look at launching a new region, then the very first thing we do is let's uh, see how we can um, support a software craftsmanship um, community sort of to bring people together and to kind of, you know, there's lots of people are passionate about this um, um, you know, the, the quality of what they're building. Um, people want to improve their kind of career prospects and, you know, care about the the things they're building um, to leave a kind of lasting quality legacy. Um, so that, yeah, that's, that's absolutely at the very heart in our DNA, really, as a business. And that pervades across all roles, um, both within our organisation and, and within the community, for sure. It sounds like community is kind of in the blood for Cogerance and, and for you as well, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, definitely. I, I suppose the the challenge for members of our audience or, or people who are starting new companies and understand the value of community and want to use it in this way to help build their businesses is um, can't just wave a magic wand and get a community. Um, you can't just try and throw uh, loads of beer and pizza at people at meetups <laughs> to make it work. I mean, it sounds like, and I wonder, was it an accident or was it just a natural outcome? But it sounds like for Cogerance, there's there's a kernel of authenticity around the the soccer craft concept that was, so there's a, there's a sort of a guiding light, a core idea that the community is is based on. Is that essential? Yeah, I'd say definitely. Um, I think, you know, right, you know, going back, well, it's actually, there's a software craftsmanship meetup that Mash and Sandro founded 
is uh, predates Cogerance as a business. Um, mm. And it really, you know, I, th- I think the best communities come from people that, you know, they're not necessarily doing it for business reasons. It really is for, you know, having a passion for something and just wanting to kind of share that passion, see if there's other people that share the same values and and, and drive to, to make a change or a difference um, or just to kind of practice something together. Um, you know, even outside of IT, um, you know, I've got friends who like are into knitting, let's say, and they just love to go and, you know, meet like-minded folks that love to knit together. So I think if you can kind of think about community really as something where, you know, you have a, a passion, you can see that doing something collectively, you're more likely to drive change than trying to just do everything, you know, on your own. And I think, you know, that really is the, the power of community, bringing different minds together to kind of share ideas and, and and out of that comes new, you know, innovation. And that's definitely the case, um, you know, before Cogerance and some, some while back, um, I was working for um, an organisation called Skills Matter, who um, were a kind of tech community uh, company in in London and definitely that kind of brought together thousands and thousands of people in in technology and you know lots of new technologies are actually kind of born out of that community so people came together from all over the world shared their ideas and passions for things um, and and, you know talked about things and and out of that you know new tech did did kind of get get born there so I think that's that's the most um, sort of important part of community is 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 making sure that you whatever you're doing you do it with integrity. Um, you know, people that work in technology are very kind of savvy, clever people yes. in general. I'd say, and you know, they don't like to be sold to. So it's it's much more successful and vibrant, and it's lo- likely to last a lot longer if you know you're coming up with the right content. First of all, I think that's the most important thing really is, you know, is what you're wanting to share and, and learn with other people, you know, is it something to do with driving a passion forward, innovation forward, um, rather than I've got this thing that I just need to sell and I'm going to just get some people together to, you know, to almost force them to listen to me. Yeah, because I think it, it, that feels, would fall flat. it feels like a mistake a lot of companies make that they're trying to create a you know the company's community as absolutely as I think, a, a community about something authentic indeed i think we always see ourselves at cogerence as the custodians of these communities rather than the owners of those communities if anybody wants to host an event or wants to run something under the uh, one of our craftsmanship brands then you know we absolutely love that and you know we're very very open to Almost as long as as long as it's kind of you you know it's trying to drive best practices in software engineering, which is pretty broad. Then we're always up for trying something new. So we have um, roundtables, we have coding catters, dojos. Um, we've partnered up with other organisations to to run di- kind of different workshops. We've done roundtables. Um, we've got a really cool concept with our Manchester community who runs uh, something called the Repair Shop. So you kind of you know bring along a challenge that you've got something that's broken in your organisation maybe, 
and our craftspeople and the wider community kind of get together in groups and discuss those challenges. And hopefully up the back of that, you can take away some practical ideas to, to start to move forward. So, you know, it's really about, you know, coming up with sort of new and interesting ways to, you know, get people thinking and collaborating. Um, and, you know, if people want to talk to Cogerance at those events about what we do, then we're really happy to obviously share that. But in all honesty, apart from just kind of saying, like, we're Cogerance and, you know, we're here if you want to have a chat, it's definitely not somewhere where we sell or we hire or recruit or anything like that. It truly is. We just, you know, have our people are very passionate about supporting and, and helping others on their journey into software craftsmanship, really. I think it, it requires organizational leadership to have faith, perhaps, in the, the power of community, the, the power of developer relations. I, I've come across this mantra. Um, it's uh, it's dev rel, not dev cell. <laughs> sounds like <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's it's good, isn't it? It's, it's it sounds like coherence really right from right from the, the the founders, the leadership embraces that. It's quite a subtle technique to be running events and paying for them right mm-hmm. does the sponsorship and yeah staff time goes into it um but to stand back and not do classic marketing and have huge pull-ups all over the place and you know booths and all that type of stuff and just very much be subtly in the background um it goes against the grain for a lot of marketing organizations i think <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, that's just this This is kind of I mean, it is part of the marketing strategy, but, you know, our marketing strategy goes a lot wider than the meetups. And we do run other kind of more B2B um, events. So um, that would be under the Cogerant, you know, brand. Um, we also sponsor events, uh, conferences, for example, or send out, you know, tech leaders to go and speak at events. So you know, having a kind of a, a, a multi-channel marketing strategy is also important. So, you know, the the, the meet we we as I said, we kind of do run our own coherence meetups, which are more the kind of B to B. But most of the um, kind of B to D, as we call it, which I guess would be Devrel uh, meetups, because they're kind of because of sort of we really have that passion for software craftsmanship. It's we we know that it's really important to separate coherence from that community. Um, and, you know, if we can be associated with that community, then then that's the, the, the value that it's bringing. Um, it also helps us to, um, you know, give our people, our craftspeople, as we call them, the opportunity to improve their skills. So, you know, they're going to, they're leading dojos, they're creating katas, which they'll then deliver at these dojos. Um, it's actually helping them with their kind of career development. And, you know, one of our key values at Cogerance is all around continuous learning, continuous development, and being able to give them those opportunities um, at those community events is also really important. So, yeah, I think marketing is quite complex these days there's lots of different strands and lots of different ways that you can reach your audience and I guess it's also really important to you know be really clear on you know what you're trying to achieve as a business you know who your kind of key buying personas are and which kinds of activities are going to attract you know the right kind of audience um 
and yeah devrel is is one part of that for cogerence um and you know d- developers really they'll only kind of go to events if they think it's going to be worth their while and you know not to be rude to anybody that works in recruitment but if there's kind of lots of recruiters at devrel type events that are just trying to hire them i know that sometimes can be a bit of a a bit of a turn off so yeah, it's just about making sure that you've got the right content and the right environment for people, you know, to have a good time. And that's how communities tend to thrive, I think. And it, it feels like it's about creating, uh, for cogerence, but, you know, for, for a lot of companies, creating an authentically developer-friendly brand. Um, and you have to put all these pieces together, like the developer events where the the marketing is very subtle or where there's a clear dividing line between the b2d as you say and the b2b side of things um and especially for people you know what what i'm what i'm trying to get at is how do you if you're starting out with this how do you copy what cogerence did because in a way it's uncopyable because of course the community started before the company um, but there's still a lot of lessons that you can apply. Um, I think the trick must be, can you find some aspect of uh, software development work uh, that is aligned with what your company company's product is, um, but the community isn't about your product? Uh, yeah. So it's quite, yeah, it's quite difficult, right? <laughs> it is, um, and it does require persistence. I think a lot of, you see a lot of communities that, you know, I mean, you can just go on meetup.com and you'll see hundreds and hundreds of meetups where, you know, they they maybe ran two or three events and then it kind of, you can just see it stopped. And, you know, this, you will take, you know, several iterations before you kind of get it right as well. So, I think you have to be incredibly persistent, choosing the, you know, a specific day every month that you're going to have your meetup helps so that people can just put it in their diary and they know that, you know, that first Wednesday of the month is when I go to that particular event and you kind of build your community around regularity, which is also really, I think, really important. Um, Making sure that you um, reach out to folks in your particular community that um, are you know people that are already well known with that technology or practice um, you know trying to get people that perhaps already are using you know if it's a software company are there people within you know some of your free users that you can see they're kind of well plugged into the community they're kind of you know very visible on socials for example or they speak at events kind of getting some of these more well-known people in your community generally plugged in as you know helpers on your committee your organizing committee would help um so yeah don't just kind of i guess sort of just try and do it do everything yourself as an individual or just within your company kind of build your um organizing committee outside of your business so that it does become more of a kind of community focus i think is really important um yeah this is that is that is critical. Yeah, it's interesting. It's one of the one of the pieces of, of advice that we often end up giving our customers around building developer relations is um, so one of the early questions I ask is okay, who, who you know who are the key mem- key key software developer people 
using your product, writing open source for it, all that sort of stuff, um, you know, that you're going to invite to your meetups or your conferences or whatever, you'd be surprised. Most companies have no idea. Yeah. All you have to do is go, go on GitHub and, and just <laughs> do a little search and you, you usually find easily 20 or 30 people, uh, enthusiasts, you didn't, you know, fans that you never knew about. Um, yeah, absolutely. And they're very keen, you know, most people are very flattered to be asked to speak or get involved in things. Um, so, you know, don't be afraid to ask, you know, well-known people if they would, would take part. Um, people are often very happy to give their time if they know that you're, you know, creating something with integrity and you're wanting to do it, you know, do something that's actually going to be of benefit to the wider community. I think that's that's really important um, that yes. you're, you know, you're wanting to build something because you really care rather than that you just need to increase sales. Um, that exactly. would be obviously a bit of a bit of a turn off for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, it's more like it's more like brand. It's it's weird, isn't it? It's more like brand marketing where traditionally it's not expected to be directly measurable. Uh, in terms of what the sales that it generates, but everybody knows you need to do it. Um, as opposed to, you know, measuring click-through rates and, and all that sort of stuff that people have become accustomed to on internet marketing where it's, everything is highly measurable. Um, it feels like a lot of organizations need to do a little bit of unlearning almost. <laughs> um, follow follow Cogerence's model a little bit more, a little bit more closely. I, you know, the reason I asked Ron and the, and the reason I'm, enthusiastic about learning from coherence is it's similar to what i did previously in my own consultancy neuroform back in the day and again it's it wasn't by design um we built this community around nojs but it was we very much kept ourselves in the background um mm. and that was that was critical to making the community work um you know not treating the meetups like webinars or, or seminars or things like that where you're trying to you're trying to push something um how do you know if you if, if okay so let's say you know you, you're a new startup SaaS startup and you've figured out you are you have some sort of developer product and you've figured out something authentic that you want to support in terms of community building and you've had a couple of meetups or whatever you've set up a discord how how can you tell if the community is working what are the early signs that you've got something that's that's actually that's actually going to be self-sustaining? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, there's in in reality, I think it's really uh, you know you, talking with your community is absolutely essential. So you know, just asking them, you know, is this the kind of thing that you want to continue coming to? What what do you what would you like to hear next? Um, getting people really involved and if you find that you know this thing is continuing outside of your direct involvement if people right. are coming back saying you know can we we'd love to run this at our place next time you know we really enjoyed that type of event or I've seen this work elsewhere can we try that at, at when, when on our next event so I think when you kind of start to see that it's almost kind of evolving outside of your direct involvement then you can see that this thing is starting to grow and it's not just because you're you know constantly sort of pushing it in a certain direction um seeing you know 
conversation happening um, between different members, as I say, or, um, you know, other events happening in, in, in other locations and, you know, people people coming back month after month or however you, you know, often you you run it. I mean, the one in Manchester that we, um, our, our colleagues run, I think they're running it weekly. Um, weekly it's, it's weekly. So it's not huge, um, but they have a core of very regular, enthusiastic um, developers who keep coming back every week and it's kind of their little sort of place where they sit and learn together and um, they're, you know, progressing their skills in, you know, test-driven development and, and coding. So I, th- I think so it's, it's just that kind of, yeah, each one is sort of different, but I think it's really exciting to see how how they kind of grow and evolve and some are very large and, um, you know, diverse and, and some are much smaller, but they still have value. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a measuring, measuring kind of these um, free developer events is not something that's, to be honest, that easy. Um, no, no. Um, no. Especially if you're not there kind of really, you know, as I say, you're kind of really there just to bring people together and, and share um, if they want to talk to you about, you know, your product or service, then, you know, then that's that's great. But um for us, it's really that that community is then there to kind of, yeah, get to know each other. And then if they want to join our co-durance community, then obviously that's fantastic. And uh, we have actually um, hired some folks through through the communities from them approaching us saying, like, this is super cool. How do we find out more? Like, how do you have any jobs available? Yes. Um, you know, we've got that, you know, kind of knotty challenge that we're trying to solve like you know do you know some people that can help so you know it's it's never been about selling at the hard sell whatsoever um and i think yeah measuring richard i think is probably yeah that's that's the i know i know the it's nub the, of the the challenge i guess it's the it's the it's the dirty word of, of developer <laughs> yeah. I, so I, yeah I'm, I'm i'm kind of just just picking out the, the key points there and um one is the community is operating without you, right? They've kind of flown yeah. the best. Um, and I, I suppose that means setting up things like a Discord or a Slack or something to enable that is probably is probably critical. And the other one um, that you picked out is, is with a weekly uh, event is recurring participation by a sort of core group of people. Um, Obviously, you know, another one is it's just really big <laughs> and loads of people are turning up all the time, but that's that's kind of easy. Mm-hmm. It sounds like these things are signals rather than measurements, right? They're they're sort of indicators that things are going well, but if you look at them too closely, they disappear. Sort of kind of you know, they you don't you don't want to take a microscope. You you just want to get a sense of the health of the community. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, it's all about, you know, running different types of events <clears throat> for different objectives, really. Um, you know, some some organisations will want to, you know, as I say, kind of run much more kind of product focused um, events. And that's fine. And, you know, lots of people will still want to go to those kinds of events. People, you know, there, there's always a role for commercial or recruitment you know types of events people need new jobs 
people want to buy stuff, <clears throat> you know, there, there, there's always a, a place for those sorts of events. I think it's just making sure that you understand, you know, what your event strategy is and your, you know, what is the purpose of those different types of events that you're running and just making sure that you're very clear on what people should expect when they come. Um, so, as I say, it's, you know, developers will definitely want to go to product demos, but they just, if they're expecting to go to an event that they've been going to every week and it's not that focus, then that would be a bit of a surprise. So um, I think it just as a, you know, if you're in DevRel or marketing, you've just got to be really clear with your messaging <clears throat> and consistent and just make sure that you're being very clear about, you know, who the target audience is for that event, <clears throat> what people should be expecting from it. Um, and then you can, you know, you're, you're much more likely to, one, have the right people there. And secondly, you know, be able to measure the ROI because you've been very clear about what you're expecting the outcomes to be. Excellent. Um, I've, I've just took a load of notes on that one because there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of good there's a lot of good pointers there. And, and uh, I think if you're doing this for the first time, it's easy to it's easy to trip up, especially if you're applying traditional marketing strategies let's uh change gear a little bit because the other thing that you do um just for the, the we, have, we have five minutes left for just just so just for the last but the other thing you do is uh work with partners and set up partnerships mm. for Jiros. Uh, yeah now that is something that um a lot of companies that have developer relations activities also end up doing especially as they get bigger right because they need partners to help with uh, integration work against their APIs or their service or whatever. Um, talk to us about that, right? How, what are the key elements of setting up a, a successful partnership program? Um, what should be, what, what should we be watching out for? Um, what way would you approach it if you were, if you were starting from scratch? Yeah, gosh, that's uh, so partnerships is a very broad term for lots of different things, I guess. Um, we have <clears throat> different types of partners for, for different things. So um, like we have joined the AWS and the Microsoft um, kind of cloud global partner programs, <clears throat> which require, you know, us to invest a lot in certifications and opportunities and trainings and you know all sorts of things uh, but obviously they help to drive um you know great sales opportunities for coherence it gives our people opportunities to go on great trainings and certifications and ultimately to better support our customers um so you know in terms of kind of you know the developer relations angle from those um you know we we love partnering um with those um you know organizations who have amazing speakers who can speak at our events um and talk from a you know bit more of a kind of product angle um they have we've actually run sometimes we've run our software craftsmanship communities in in their locations and they've kind of run a specific workshop um in in their place and again it gives our community the opportunity to kind of you know learn from some other sort of engineers that are doing some really cool stuff with um you know different sort of AI or um, different sort of cloud technologies. So, um, you know, that's quite a, quite an exciting sort of partnership. Um, and then we have other partnerships that, you know, where we sort of have friends in the uh, industry. So if we've got a particular customer that's got a certain challenge um, and, you know, 
know, for example, they might be looking to solve some kind of DevSecOps or security issue, then we'll have partners that we can kind of suggest a particular kind of um, technology or platform that might help them to solve that as part of a wider modernization project. So for us being an independent um, kind of fairly technology agnostic uh, consultancy, we can kind of bring in best of breed um, partners and sort of be seen as that kind of trusted advisor. So, you know, there's a lot of noise, loads of different products on the market, but we kind of, um, you know, choose the the right tool for the job, let's say, um, and our customers trust us to bring in the right partners that will, um, you know, collaboratively, we can sort of help to move that problem forward quicker than trying to solve everything kind of individually. Um, and I think that's, in general, the, the kind of the power of partnerships, really, it's about helping customers solve challenges, you know, quicker than trying to kind of do everything individually, you know, the, the power of to, collaboration. So it kind of comes back to the um, the human side as well, doesn't it? Because uh, a lot of people, I think, get, get very focused on the commercial aspects of the partnership and that side of things. But what you've just described, some of the more powerful aspects are again you know where you're you have uh cross-fertilization with different people coming to your events and you're going to their events where you're again sharing knowledge where you're pulling in expertise and it kind of goes back to um empowering the developers and making their lives and jobs easier uh obviously somebody ultimately has to worry about the commercial side of things but the execution of a partnership from what you've described a core element of that, something that's really important is making sure that the developers on either side can get together in various ways and help each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, developers are very influential people. You know, a lot of developers start off their career with developers, but, you know, a lot of them will become senior architects and tech leaders and CTOs. So, making sure that developers are actually using tools correctly and they love them um and you know that's that's how product companies you know can kind of have that sort of land and expand and renewal um process without developers being able to you know properly use technologies and um, make sure they're using them in the right way then you know the likelihood of those renewals obviously reduces so you know for cadurance to be in there helping these businesses not only you know modernize their platforms and um, and technologies, but also the ways of working. Then these um, you know platforms, technologies, tools are much more likely to be kind of leveraged in the right way, and and therefore be more successful. And um, you know the customers are able to sort of realize better ROI. So you know it's it is a good partnership um, from our perspective as well to you know make sure that our customers ultimately are seeing the value and. Uh, their projects are being delivered successfully. And I think it's one aspect of the developer relations space that that is still quite underdeveloped. Um, you know, compared to 10 years ago, now you see, you know, most software service companies understand that they, ha- they have to have an API and eventually they have to have developer relations and they're going to hire a developer advocate or two. Uh, but you don't see yet um, too much execution around partnerships. Um, you see it with the much bigger companies, of course, because mm. they have the resources, but you don't see it really as a key strategy. Um, developing, again, a community of partners 
people who understand your system and can help your clients make things happen. Um, I think we'll see more of that, though. It is, it's definitely something that has a lot of potential. Yeah, I think starting small as well is really, you know, I think sometimes maybe companies, are, you know, smaller businesses are a bit kind of scared off by, you know, you see these kind of very large complicated kind of global partner programs and yeah. but it doesn't have to be like that you can start really small and just you know a few friends in your industry that you know you get on well with then start to kind of say like you know let's do something together and see if we can support this customer better together exactly. put something together you know a quick kind of simple vp uh, value proposition that might help to sort of you know drive this customer opportunity forward so yeah i think start small and, and don't be don't be scared really natalie thank you so much lots and lots of insights i have <laughs> two pages of notes here i'm going to be uh, pondering these and, and writing up some show notes uh, thank you so much great great to chat as always richard thanks for having me wonderful stuff okay take care bye-bye bye-bye thank you you can find the transcript of this podcast and any links mentioned on our podcast page at voxgeek.com slash podcast. Subscribe for weekly editions where we talk to the people who make the developer community work. For even more, read our newsletter. You can subscribe at voxgeek.com slash newsletter or follow our Twitter at voxgeek. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.